0: Shut up, and sit down. Hello strangers, and welcome to episode 72 of Strangers in a Cinema. Uh, Happy New Year Uh, from myself, Paul Anderson. Hello Pete and Jack, how are we all? Good man. New year, new show. In a way, uh, we've got
1: loads of ideas for the new year. And today, uh, rather excitingly, we're going to look forward to loads of things that are going to grace our screens over the next twelve months. Hopefully, if the, the, the release dates don't get pushed. Well, back I think this has happened indefinitely. Well,
0: this flash mob, this happened to when we put yeah, that on a most anticipated list, and then it got cancelled and became Happy End. So a completely different film. Yeah. So, so uh, pencil that was these annoying, in. So pencil yeah.
1: these into your diaries, but don't write them in. Ink yeah, we're making uh,
0: absolutely no promises that these films will make the release. Dates of this year, but as it stands, when we did our research, they all had dates of this year. They all they did. So, so, so
1: we all yeah. had a, a nice New Year's Eve, lads. Uh, I know, Paul. I was I was with you for, uh, in the 1920s. This New Year's Eve, we went yes. back in time.
0: Yes, there's loads of lovely photos that my wife hasn't posted yet. So um, we should yeah. throw oh, something really? out yeah, there. Should, really yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I spent I th- spent the first half of New Year's with you, and then the second half of New Year's with Jack, of yes. which I don't remember any of it. <laughs> no, so probably the less anybody. said about that, the better. I know. Yeah. I remember falling over one point okay, yeah. so, so, I, yes. I tucked myself in relatively early yeah,
1: on you end, did, yes, you? relatively yeah. early it's still it's still not that early I mean but, compared
0: um, to our Christmas party it was tame
1: yeah
2: <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah.
1: so um, we should get on with the show we're going to do a slightly different structure to usual this, uh, this time around just because as Paul's mentioned we're doing a preview as I mentioned as well we're doing a preview of films coming up we're going to do that in the last or third part of the show before that we're going to do a couple of popcorn movies as uh, we do each week and then we're going to go on to one feature review to give us time to do that preview and that's going to be three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri which is at the cinemas around the UK and in in the United States right now Um, anything else to add before we get cracking lads? No Okay, well, let's get on with it then, Paul. Do you want to kick off popcorn movies? What I'll kick off
0: with my first popcorn movie, um, which is something that came that I think has just come out actually, but we caught a preview of uh, back end of last year. Uh, this is Molly's Game. Um, is it the directorial debut of Aaron Sorkin? Am I it correct? Is, in it is indeed. That? Yeah, yeah. Um, who, if you're not aware, is probably I would say most famous for writing The West Wing, um, among many, many the other social TV shows. And, yeah. Yeah. And the American President. I think he wrote and that kind of thing. So he's got he's, he's got uh, a, I would say a good history as a writer. I think he's. Got got a good career behind him so it's, it's interesting for me to go in and, uh, and and check out this and basically it is based around the real life character whose name I'm going to go with Molly because on this one uh, who basically ends up setting up a number of sort of high stakes poker games um, through different reasons high stakes poker games with kind of sort of millionaires celebrities and businessmen and this kind of thing based around a real character starring Jessica Chastain
1: right and you should mention um, that the, the character real life character at the be- very outset of the film it looks like it's going to be a completely different different movie because she's actually a competitive skier of some description who then suffers an accident at the Winter
0: Olympics I think so yeah some form form of skiing competition and that curtails
1: uh, prematurely her aspirations for sort of sporting glory so she has to find another Avenue for sort of channeling all her ambition, and as you were saying, that's where she goes into this world of sort of high stakes competitive poker, right?
0: Yeah, um, it, I suppose just to that's that's the setup done. What I thought of it, I think Jessica Stain, I think, is a very, very good actress, but I think even, even with sort of with someone with the calibre of Aaron Sorkin directing, I still think this film leaves us perhaps awaiting a good enough film to represent her talents I don't think that's really happened since probably Zero Dark Thirty to be honest which I was a very big fan of Um, I think for the most part it's very good it's very well written as one would expect although perhaps a little bit too Aaron Sorkin in places you've seen this Pete haven't you well yeah it's it's that sort of
1: people who who know who we're talking about Aaron, Aaron Sorkin know what to expect it's this sort of machine gun dialogue where no one quite speaks like a human being but they sort of sound like what human beings might speak like in sort of 50 years time if we evolve to have sort of higher brain function it's a bit
0: like Dawson's Creek
1: <laughs> sort of Dawson's Creek on the right drugs I guess yeah uh, and and so from that perspective it, you, you're sort of Impressed by these exchanges between characters, but then maybe as you move away from the movie, like a few days later, it doesn't stick with you as much as you might hope that it would. I, no, Is that I, fair? I think
0: I, I think it's a very fair point, and there are there's a couple of moments that are just so painfully cliched There's a moment, um, and it, it, it's out at the moment. If you if you do want to see it, so certainly check it out. And the, this moment, especially, there's a moment on the ice on an ice rink before, uh, towards the end when Kevin Costner plays her father. There's kind of this big reunion, this just horribly. Horribly ham-fisted scene that could have come out of any number of any number of it, yeah, films. It, yeah, yeah. It kind of it.
1: it kind of defines that expression. Um, like it's uh, like very written or yeah. it's very on the page, right? You you can you almost like you know what they do sometimes or they've done before in the Oscars when they show um, great scenes from the year's movies and they show sort of pages of a screenplay as the dialogues being spoken. So it's like the award for screenplay, but they actually show a page. Yeah, you see almost in your mind's eye the page. On which Aaron Sorkin wrote this stuff, and you think like, yeah, you can. I wasn't it. Uh, who was it? Harrison Ford who once said, "You can sure write, you can it, write but sure, but you can't, and, say it. sure yeah. can't say, sure can't say it, or whatever." Yeah, it's a bit like that. I mean, the characters can say because Kevin Costner's is very able, and so is Jessica Chastain. But it it rings sort of inauthentic in, in that sense. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah, it's, I think it's overall it's a good film, but not a great one. I think would would be a, would be a fair comment. Certainly, the the gambling scenes are very exciting. The scenes in the casino are very good. It just more, drifts a little bit when it drifts away from that. I think it loses its way a bit. A, a
1: more fun uh, sort of creepy sleazy Michael Cera which uh, is a yeah, side which, of Michael yes. Cera which
0: I, I want to see more and more of because I
1: think he's really good at that. I wish there was more of him in the movie. Rumoured to be, to be
0: based on DiCaprio apparently which right. I didn't realise but obviously um, that's rumoured to be so please don't have us slander Mr DiCaprio. W- w- wasn't,
1: it, wasn't it for your fine self who was told just the other day at the 1920s party that we were at that you uh, looked a little bit like someone. The guy was racking his brains and then he said It was a lady actually that was racking his Oh oh, yeah. yes. oh even better. I there, know that, you know yeah. And it was, it was Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah so, I mean I'm not was it the
0: uh, moustache? Um, I think it would have been yeah. the uh, obvious moustache I'd grown stroke had drawn on me for the evening. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Pete, what's your next popcorn film? So
1: I'm going to briefly fact. touch on a very un-Aaron Sorkin film that has already been covered on the show so I won't keep you for long. It's um, Paddington
0: 2. You finally saw it. I did Hooray. finally <laughs> see it. Yeah, in fact, it
1: ties into what we're talking about because at 11am on New Year's Day, having not stayed out or up too late, I was uh, up fresh to uh, go and watch this at the cinema. So yeah, caught up with the. January 1st. Uh, What can I say that hasn't been said before? I mean, this is just delightful, really. Uh, It it builds on the strengths of the first movie, and I think also adds even more flourishes that just, what a way to start the year. What a way to start the year. Like, it has this sort of um, Wes Anderson quality to some of the sequences. A bit that I mentioned when we were talking off mic is um, when Paddington has to go to prison, and he's there with a character called Knuckles, played by uh, Brendan Gleeson and they're communicating from their cells through the pipes Oh,
0: yeah. and the
1: camera flies down the pipes and then ends up at Paddington's ear and it's also beautifully rendered and sort of staged um, I'm just so impressed by this it went above and beyond I think my expectations of the movie even though they were relatively high I, I want to add as well that Ben Whishaw I'm sure you mentioned when you reviewed his performance the- is great isn't it? Ben Whishaw sort of Superb. makes the film yeah. Like, there's all this great animation work and there's all this great staging but without that vocal performance it wouldn't be what it is and I just think he's such an able actor both in animated work and live action work but here he really just no one could have done it better as far as I'm concerned and and just like a load of other performances worth uh, mentioning uh, Imelda Staunton's in this really good Michael Gambon's in it Sally Hawkins is delightful as you would expect um, Julie Walters is in it and again we saw her recently in uh, Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool yeah I'll just gush if I talk more about Paddington <laughs> 2 if you like the first one even a little bit make sure you catch the second one I would say it might even be the better of the two films
0: really like. it I think it. yeah the more the more time that passes the more I think it might be superior to the original enough, so and even Hugh just, Grant's you know, good in it even yeah. Hugh Grant's good in it yeah I mean, Hugh Grant's fantastic it in it yeah yeah <laughs> Um, right, my second popcorn film of the week then is a film that, I'll be perfectly honest, had I watched sooner, probably would have featured um, quite high up in the our uh, best films of 2017 list in the last episode, but I didn't get to it. So apologies to the Red Turtle. Um, I didn't get to you in time. And it's a shame because it's such an incredible animation. It's just... Stunning. So it's, it's on Amazon Prime right now. It is on Amazon Prime now. Yeah. So it's Michael Dudok de Wit. Oh, that's I butchered his name there. I would have thought. <laughs> I believe it's Belgium, but it's uh, so it's a Belgian director, I think, but done under working quite closely with the um, the guys at Studio Ghibli. So for Studio Ghibli to have gone outside Japan, I think, is quite possibly a first. I might, I might be I wrong. I think it is actually. Yeah. Um, so it shows you the kind of the faith they had in this guy's animation and the, the the crux of the film is a guy basically becomes shipwrecked on an island he builds a raft he, every time he tries to leave the red the red turtle from the title of the film stops him leaving um i won't really say any more than that because it goes in a very unexpected direction uh but the art design is is nothing short of sublime um and it really is um a heart-rending heart-rending silent film for the yeah, most so part what's There's the no dialogue, uh, what's the really? runtime for this film about an hour and twenty. F- an hour and twenty five, I, I think, think it's yeah, like hour, and 20, hour and twenty, yeah. 20, yeah, yeah so, it, so that's that's the other thing that it does that it, it it doesn't outstay its welcome so it really it uses all of those minutes just remarkably well and uh, yeah would have factored quite high I think in my list of 2017 had I seen it in time but that's it from me for popcorn movies catch up with that and I've got to because I haven't seen yeah. it
1: yet yeah absolutely you should um, okay now, here, here's the one where I'm going to divide the world with my opinion but my second popcorn movie of the week is actually the second film I saw and it is The Greatest Showman this one directed by Michael Gracie had directed uh, or worked on Ned Kelly I believe and not oh, okay. director i knew a great deal about going in but the real draw here is that um all singing all dancing hugh jackman is the lead he plays pt barnum and first of all let's get out of the way this is not supposed to be a historical retelling of pt barnum so all you sniffy film critics on the internet or, or sort of self-styled film critics i think you need to get over that and get to what the film's actually about which Has is
0: taking some grief online then is this current
1: current meta score for the greatest showman 48 right okay um, so we'll come back to that but yeah um, in this one Hugh Jackman I mentioned Michelle Williams who makes me cry on impact uh, Zach Efron who um, I, you can deny it all you want I think is an incredibly talented guy and is getting further and further away from the slightly sort of slimy uh, lazy choices that he made a few years ago with, with some of the films um, what was that one uh, Bad Grandpa oh uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's not think about it uh, Zendaya who's gonna you know just smash it in every area I think for the next five years probably seems to be doing brilliantly in everything that she touches Rebecca Ferguson um is is really good in this and on and on there are other people that I could mention however I want to keep it as brief as I can Paul but I also want to say this I got teary-eyed within 10 minutes of watching this film um I think I got teary-eyed about three or four times in the total runtime of it If you are going in to the movie expecting, as I was saying, for this to be a sort of historical retelling of the birth of the circus and a dissection of the sort of um, implications of using freak shows and things like that. You're going to be disappointed, or you're going to come out like muttering under your breath things about inaccuracies and so on. Don't do that, leave that behind. It's a musical that is about celebrating how you can attempt to uh, achieve your dreams. And if that strikes you as cheesy or it makes your skin crawl, it's probably not going to be for you. Um, the film, for me, works because it knows that it's about joy. It knows that it's about enjoyment and it tries to pull the audience to just letting go and getting wrapped up in that feeling. In fact, not unlike M. Night Shyamalan in uh, that movie that I still haven't seen, where he has a, a sort of character who's a conduit for a film critic. Oh, well, it's,
0: um, yeah, not the show. Lady in the Water. Co- Lady in the Water, yeah.
1: Um, in this film, there is actually a theatre critic who confronts P.T. Barnum a number of times and he's very sniffy. And at one point, um, a line that stuck with me is they're outside. Side of the theatre and the theatre critic is telling him how his sort of freak show and his like uh, elephants and all the things that he has going on there are just cheap tricks and uh, not really art- don't have artistic value and uh, the P.T. Barnum character Hugh Jackman's character comments oh a uh, uh, theatre critic who sees no joy in the theatre what a thing to be and sometimes honestly I think this about people who review films I think if you can't take joy in the experience of going to the cinema and being wrapped up in a spectacle then maybe you should be doing something else with your time because I think you're losing the reason why you got into that in the first place. I love this film. I'm going to advocate it till I'm blue in the face, probably. And it's not going to be for everyone, and it's going to fall on deaf, deaf ears a lot Can of the I, time. Can I ask a
0: question? I haven't seen it yet, and I will yeah. watch it. But do you think it's a mistake then that they chose to do it, not do it about P.T. Barnum, and not just do like a feel-good sort of the, over-the-top musical? Do you think I, that might have that might have spared it some critics' wrath? Or I guess, but I just I have a hard time with this
1: i feel like there's a sort of like a i don't know how you define it that people want to be the first person to pick holes in the in the historical accuracy of things Mm. and i think if you're an intelligent adult which i I would imagine most of these people are you have to get the lay of the land and understand what you're watching and what you're watching here is loosely based on on this individual. But it's using that as a jumping off point for having singing and dancing numbers. Mm. There's a sequence here between Zach Efron and Hugh Jackman involving shot glasses and a bar and a job offer, which is going to go down as one of my scenes of the year, and I saw it on January the 1st. I mean,. I don't know, man. Maybe I, I'm. I'm in love. I'm engaged. I see a lot of hope in the future, and for those reasons alone. Oh, <laughs> uh, and Michelle Williams, as I said, uh, just just breaks my heart. And I thought about Manchester by the Sea more than once when I was watching this film, even though they couldn't be more different. Yeah, uh, yeah, loved it, and I'll shut up now. That was uh, the greatest showman. It's uh, on wide release at the moment. Cool. Right, we'll be back
0: after this.
1: So, we are back with a feature review of uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. This is the new one from Michael McDonough. Martin, isn't it? Martin McDonough.
0: Thank you, Paul. Isn't uh, his brother John Michael? That's yeah. It. That's the, why I, I get, the, the I, get the, I was mixed about up. to say, I always get them mixed up and you got them mixed up. So, I'm glad I'm not alone. I've been so, doing yeah. that the whole time, yeah. <laughs> to be fair. I just guess an M name each yeah,
1: time. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, th- this director... Now, I'm going to get them mixed up again. This, <laughs> this director we know from In Bruges and we know from... Seven one. Psychopaths isn't it Seven Psychopaths yeah, yeah. And actually I I started Seven Psychopaths I haven't told you this Paul I started it and I turned it off oh, uh, that's okay. maybe m- more shame on me but um, if you know those movies you'll know kind of what to expect here it's um, blackly comedic smartly written uh, fair let's say um, it's very I would say um, Martin McDonough has a, a sort of autorial style that can be fairly instantly recognised even off the back of just a handful of, of yeah. films uh, this one is anchored by uh, this sort of powerful performance from Frances McDormand uh, who plays a woman whose daughter has been sexually assaulted and killed or killed and sexually assaulted uh, maybe more accurately and she decides that the way that she can draw attention to the lack of progress made by the local police department in their small southern town is to pay for the rental of three billboards outside of their town Ebbing in in Missouri uh, in order to to, uh, as a kind of call to arms for the p- local police force to take some action. It's been seven months since the crime itself, and she doesn't think that anyone's really lifting a finger to find out who did this and bring them to justice. Is, is there anything I've missed in the setup? No, I think you've, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, to be honest. Well, let's have a little clip and then we'll get to our thoughts.
0: Hey, fuck it! What? Don't say what, Dixon, when she comes in calling you a fuckhead. and don't you come out here. You get over here.
2: No, you get over here. All right. What? Don't, Dixon.
0: What? I'm you st- do
2: not allow a member of the public to
0: call you a fuckhead in this station. Now. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking care of it in my own way, actually. Now, get out of my ass mrs hayes have a seat what is it i can do for you today so yeah apologies for anyone offended easily by language in that but that's one of the i think one of the tamer clips from the film um and again that's something that you would associate with martin mcdonough if you have seen his his earlier work as he is quite a big fan of swearing um <laughs> and uses it for the most part fairly effectively um yeah I think the, the first thing to say there's a, lot, a lot has been made around the Frances McDormand performance in this and in fairness it's all justified I think Pete I think the, her performance is by far the highlight of the film for me yeah I think I, she, is, she is incredible and it's, I think it's probably her best performance since Fargo I would say and she's normally very good in everything that she does but I think definitely since Fargo I haven't seen her this good since Fargo it's a very different role well it was written uh, for her. with
1: the lead role was written with her in mind okay. so very much the writer has sort of taken her sensibilities yeah. into account out, and I think that shines through in, in the film. Um, I mean, where do we kick off with this? Because currently, um, I mentioned it with Great Showman, so I'll do it again here. 87 on Metacritic. So fairly universally uh, acclaimed at this yeah. point. Um, there's awards buzz around Fra- Francis McDormand and the, the film itself, um, possibly with a, a Best Actress uh, Oscar nomination in the offing. As a film as a whole, Paul, dealing with such a serious subject, and then punctuating this subject with this kind of black humour, these gags, the the, the like colourful language that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Did it? Did it work for you as a black comedy? Did it work for you as a sort of? I don't know. It's bizarre because
0: it's black comedy is something that I normally really, really like, and it seems to be at the moment that I'm just reviewing every film, Star Wars, um, (laughs) by moaning about like humour that doesn't really fit the tone of the rest of the film. Um, And for me, I, I found. Some of it funny. I like the I like some of the actors on board. I think Woody Harrelson was on was on good form here. Everyone was good form. I, I enjoy Sam Rockwell a lot. Um, Caleb Landry Jones appears again. Who's going to be a massive star without a shadow of a doubt? Yeah, um, the, this and, guy. You're talking about the guy who was in Get Out, right? Yeah, and the guy yeah, yeah. who is was the, the advertising guy who was yeah. also yeah. in um, Red in this American himself,
1: yeah. American Made as yeah. well. He was in. Wasn't yeah, he, and he, he
0: turns up in Florida Project. He's everywhere. Yeah. He's yeah.
1: good at playing sort of fuck ups. Yeah, yeah,
0: very good. Yeah. So yeah. So everyone in this is great, and I think you know they they're all they're all actors that certainly have got comedic chops without a shadow of a doubt um it's just i felt some of the humor here was was very heavy handed it's like i'm not easily offended um in the slightest and even i thought there was too many c bombs dropped in this for it to make, for it to keep its tone it just felt like and um uh, the guy from Game of Thrones is in this as well. Peter Dinklage is in this, yeah. <laughs> and it there seems there's a lot of dwarf jokes thrown at him. And it's almost like, oh, well, because Peter Dinklage is in the film, it seems to be okay. It's like, well, it's just well, no. lazy. No.
1: I, yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Paul. I had a, a problem with that. I felt like just just going back to the well over and over again to make jokes about the guy being small. It became a bit tiresome, and I, the director, sort of writer-director in this case, it started to, to lose me a little bit because, and I mean, we've got here Frances McDormand for all the strength of her performance. I mean, that character is is written as as pretty much unlikable, but to a certain extent, yeah. we are supposed to root for her, right? Yeah, this is absolutely. sort of a, a righteous crusade to a greater yeah. or lesser extent, but at the same time, this is a righteous crusade that involves uh, kicking a teenage girl between the legs. So you know, it's difficult to sort of stay. Onside or come around to to you know her her campaign for justice, I, I suppose, and then I f- I find that I mentioned that I turned off Seven Psychopaths. I think that I find the sensibilities of of the director here um, to be a little bit just difficult to get on board with in general. Like I find a, a similar sort of gag reflex to what I get with uh, with sort of recent years uh, Quentin Tarantino where mm.
0: some of it feels like it a exists lot of, there are a lot of comparisons made between Martin and Tarantino you're right and
1: I think some of it exists to, to, to be kind of Cool, and I think that's a problem when you're dealing with the uh, storyline about the rape and murder of a young girl. I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm going I think no.
0: This. I think I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think that what what frustrates me with this is there was there was enough. There was some really good stuff in here. Like there is there are some incredible scenes. There's the um and without without spoiling it. There's the conversation of one of the conversations she had was with with Woody Harrelson, and then midway through the scene, something happens to Woody Harrelson, and the way that scene is handled is just fantastic. And there's some really really good stuff in here and as a result I think I certainly came away liking the film a lot I just think it could have been again, what did I say earlier Molly's Game I think it again for me this is a film that is good but with a bit more polish could have been great right um, and, and it's so good that you mentioned Molly's Game Paul because I think that um,
1: Aaron Sorkin and, and uh Martin McDonough yeah, have well <laughs> this thing in common as much as I think Sorkin is the better writer they have this thing in common where you don't necessarily recognise human beings and yeah. in this film I recognised very few if any human beings yes they're characters who spit vitriol at each other and, and sort of snappy lines and occasionally quite funny lines but it's a a, a world that is, is heightened to the point of being almost unrecognisable. And uh, sorry, I, I couldn't forgive myself if I didn't mention. You said that pretty much everyone's good in this. There's one person who's not very good in this, Paul, and that's Abby Cornish. Bless oh, her yeah, heart. To be but fair. My I she she wasn't interested in
0: it, to be fair. Abby <laughs> Cornish, I've,
1: I've seen people write about this film uh, that Abby Cornish does a terrible job of a Southern accent. Let's be aware, guys, she's not using a Southern accent. She's no, speaking just, in her native she Australian. is speaking in <laughs> Australia. I thought, yes,
0: they, yes, now you come to think of it, I thought that's definitely Australian, yeah. yeah uh,
1: yeah. I mean, maybe she tried it for a second and gave up, but no, it's definitely <laughs> her Australian accent. And yeah, I mean, some of the, those decisions as well, like Abby Cornish being what twenty years Woody Harrelson's junior and from Australia in a small town in Missouri seems to me an unusual. I'm getting pretty bit fed of, up, bit up bit with the writing. Hollywood
0: stereotype of men in their fifties having wife, like a wife that's thirty. You know, it, it seems to happen in every single Hollywood film. Like, yeah, yeah, Woody Harrelson might be charismatic, but I can't see in a, in a real world, I can't see his character managing to attract Abby Cornish. I might be wrong. Well, and what's the but, story? How yeah. she ended up there? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't know.
1: And, and also, just one more thing. And I don't want to sound like I'm sort of dumping on this because, like like you, Paul, I, I do think there's good stuff there. And yeah. I think that you're absolutely very right to, to there, point yeah. that out. Yeah. And there's stuff that made me not laugh out loud but kind of chuckle to myself a little bit. Um, I found slightly problematic as well the, the relationship this film has with both women and people of colour because the women in the film, Frances McDormand, is pretty vile for all of her sort of inherent charm as an actress and ability to sort of play that role better than maybe anybody else uh, but also we have uh, a woman gets punched straight in the face uh, in this thing as I mentioned we have a teenage girl getting kicked between the legs uh, there aren't really female characters who come out of this with, with any kind of uh, positive uh, experiences I don't think uh, and then we've got this um, African American character who exists in the film seemingly only to go to prison for possessing marijuana, get out sort of be delighted to be back on side with the uh, Frances McDormand character and then disappear entirely and then we've got a police chief as well who comes on the scene very briefly and a sort of backstory about racial tension that the director seems to have absolutely no interest in exploring I, I found those things to be a bit awkward and yeah they're all throwaway, and it's all good fun I don't know this film didn't really work for me if I'm if I'm completely honest I liked it I liked it a, yeah. it a bit uh but I'm not going to go back to it and it's not going to come anywhere near my films of the year when it gets to the end of twenty.
0: No I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd say it, it's it comes out to me as a little bit of a disappointment I did expect more from it I thought this might be the this might be the, the almost the, the rounded film from Martin Madonna if that makes sense I was mm. like this this could be the one where he's like yes he's done it he's 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 balanced it perfectly and for me he doesn't balance it perfectly i liked it i think i liked it more than you did i think i laughed more than you did but not as anywhere near as much as i thought i would and i thought maybe and i do think maybe if he'd if he'd actually dialed down the humor i think it would have been actually quite uh, actually would have been a very very good sort of dark thriller i like the uh, there's an ambiguous ending which i'm always a fan of which i think might, might frustrate a number of people and i'm always a big fan of that um but yeah there were there were bits there were bits that frustrated me more more than I thought they would. So yeah, it probably ranks as ever such a slight disappointment for me, to be fair.
1: So um, I, we're going to take a break. When we come back all refreshed, we will hammer out our five most anticipated films of the year to come, 2018, including five from, from producer Jack. So we've got 15. It barely scratches the surface, but we're going to do our best to cover a few bases with that um, countdown. We'll be back right after this.
0: Uh, back indeed we are. Um, so how are we going to do this then? Are we going to do? Are we going to do one around the group? Are we going to? What are we going to do? We yeah, because
2: we... I mean, mine aren't in a
0: particular order to say these are the top. Five. Well, we haven't ranked them. Yeah, no. we so we'll, we'll say. No, we, go. we, we, we we'll go around. Jack, we'll go around the can, table. You can start because we were supposed to let you talk about three billboards <laughs> and didn't talk to you at all. Yeah, so apologies, that's, Jack. That's, but that's yeah. quite alright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack,
1: Jack, in in a word, yes. three bill, billboards out, outside Evan, Missouri. What do you think?
2: Well, I was really anticipating... That's too many words because uh, too ...because <laughs> I really enjoyed Seven Psychopaths. So for me going into this film, I love the humour that's included. Did it but work for you, though? There was too much. Right. It was just... Some of it was powerful, but some of it just wasn't needed at all. So, yeah.
1: So maybe somewhere between where me and Paul lie on that thing. Yes, I, I think yeah. so. Uh,
2: so, one of my films that I'm anticipating uh, for 2018... Is the animated fun Incredibles two? Uh, Great so This mate. is everyone's favourite super family. I forgot that was coming out. This yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which for me, this was a f- the first Incredibles was a film that I loved when I was a kid. When you were um, like three, when it came. Yeah, up? probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if we're going on that. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, and I'm sort of I'm keen to see where they take this because. Because there hasn't been a a sequel for so many years, I think this came out early 2000s perhaps, 2004 I think, Um, I'm very keen to see where they take the film. I haven't really heard a lot about it, but I've There's seen a teaser, up, isn't there? There is a yeah. teaser, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it basically the wife goes off and does all her super things whilst the uh, father he stays at home and looks after the the superhero kids. So
0: I, I, I'm pretty excited about it as well. To be fair, I think the first the first one for me was almost Pixar for the first sort of half of the film, Pixar almost doing like an adult comedy. Yes, yeah, to an absolutely. extent, it felt a lot like um, Mike Judge's film Office Space for the first half. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very yeah, I, I'm, and it's Brad Bird again, right? This- yes. So yeah, I, I think really all so. the the voices from the original
2: cast are, as well. well you
0: don't you don't turn down you don't turn down Pixar. No, don't,
2: no, <laughs> nice. yeah, it's it's a great pick. When's man. it
0: out, Jack? Do we know? Uh,
2: I haven't mm-hmm. any ideas. No, I don't. Uh, I will find, out. Find, the, a find a date.
1: Find a date. Find a it's date. It's twenty eighteen. Yeah. Oh, twenty eighteen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was 2018 <laughs> Okay. Uh, I Who's up? First first film for me this uh, coming year with uh, oh look at me uh, UK release date of twenty third of March is. a Wrinkle in Time. The reason why I'm excited about this is because it comes from the director Ava DuVernay, who, uh, well, generated a lot of uh, fans, it's fair to say, I think, over the last couple of years with the documentary 13 and uh, the Martin Luther King feature film that I've now forgotten the name of. Paul. Selma. Thank you. So good at this. So good at this. Boom. Uh, yeah, so this one, it tells the story of the disappearance of a scientist father and uh, three peculiar peculiar beings send Meg, her brother, and her friend to space in order to find him. Um, in the film, we have Reese Witherspoon, an actress that I like quite a lot, maybe Paul Lessow so after our uh, disagreements about Wild. I love Wild. Chris Pine, and also an actress who I'm going to tip, early doors, lads, is going to be the breakout star of 2018, and that is Gugu and Batha Raw that you've probably seen in some stuff already. Um, I particularly like her in the film Easy, uh, film Easy, the TV show Easy on uh, Netflix. Oh, she was in Black
0: Mirror, wasn't she? Yes,
1: yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, but with yeah, she, Perry, she's yeah. with uh, the the sexier Franco, Dave Franco in in Easy. That series is worth checking <laughs> out. Uh, also, Michael Pena, uh, Zach Galifianakis, Mindy Kaling, Oprah's in this as well. Oprah as well. Winfrey's yes. in it. <laughs> yes, uh, so all kinds of Have you reasons seen the
0: trailer? to be interested. Uh, i don't think i have actually. it looks i've watched it this morning it looks bonkers right absolutely out there so i'm, I'm excited i'm with you I, i'm it looks absolutely nuts
1: aside from <laughs> selma and, and 13 um i have seen sort of interviews of david duvernay and i just think that she's such an intelligent um maker of of stuff uh films whether uh you know documentary or, or feature so I'm all in this is yeah, like I say 23rd of March so only a few months to wait Paul what have you got first
0: uh, I'm going to come in with something that I believe is out in a couple of weeks time um, hopefully not too limited release but this is uh, Guillermo, Guillermo De Toro's uh, The Shape of Water um, starring amongst others Sally Hawkins uh, Michael Shannon who's one of my favourite favourite actors uh, Richard Jenkins Octavia Spencer and Doug Jones um, it seems to me uh, and I will quote the guy who I overheard talking about the trailer in the cinema last night to so have a very <laughs> (laughs) a very very um, Bioshock-esque sort of aesthetic to it Um, and Del Toro is actually a big video game fan so I would be very surprised if this isn't intentional Um, and it's the trailer doesn't give too much away it seems to be that, that there is some someone I think Sally Hawkins is looking after Doug Jones' kind of um, sort of underwater merman kind of character I think is the best way to describe it which looks very much like his Abe Sapien character from Hellboy but um, which again would be fair enough because there's also a terror film um, but yeah it's it's the the buzz is incredible the reviews have been amazing Michael Shannon looks to be on villainous duties here and Michael Shannon as, as a villain I don't think there's many better villains than Michael Shannon out oh, there to be honest not. He's, he's a scary looking man um, the effects are amazing Sally Hawkins is a fantastic actress um, Doug Jones in terms of his motion capture work is, is always incredible I think um gets forgotten because Andy Serkis is out there working but Doug Jones is also great and it's Guillermo del Toro who's one of my favourite directors so uh, yeah very excited I think it's a couple of weeks off I don't think it's much further away than that I think it's late January Paul it's not a pick of mine but I would be remiss if I didn't say there's a film coming out this
1: year 2018 called Underwater with Kristen Stewart which tells the story of an underwater research lab um, and a scramble to safety after an earthquake so just to lock that in with your uh, shape of water because we're Kristen Stewart fans increasingly on this show what have you got
2: uh, so this coming from the Marvel Universe uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is uh, it this year I thought yes was Yeah. This w- apparently this year um, so as far as superhero movies go Ant-Man was probably one of my favourite uh, so far
0: is the wrong answer <laughs> yeah, well, you, know, I this, you right. know, this
2: is my opinion, after all. Hey, um, hey,
0: don't, get, hey don't get defensive, okay. Jack. It's right back, back, Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's quite quite back. Well,
2: Tell me why I'm wrong. I think because you know, <laughs> they're introducing the Wasp character to this one, um, which is quite exciting. Paul Rudd, for me, just adds just a little bit of amusement to the whole Marvel universe. Like, he's trying to be serious, but actually... Ant-Man was quite funny at the same time Um, so yeah I'm looking forward to this And, and let's
1: not miss the fact that the Wasp is played by whom? Oh, I, I can't Ev- Evangeline
0: Lilly so you know
1: that's, that's the reason to get to the cinema Judy Greer's in it Michelle Pfeiffer's in it there's all kinds of good stuff going on there I, I mean
0: I, I think I'm more hopeful for this I think, my, I think I'm think well, i still a bit sore that Edgar Wright didn't get to direct Ant-Man and was pulled off halfway through and for me I thought the first Ant-Man was a little bit of a mess as much as I did like Paul Rudd in it I thought he was funny so maybe with Peyton Reed now he's got to develop this from the ground up it, it will yeah, be so, yeah. more of more his so, film. Yeah. Well,
1: after all, Peyton Reed did director uh, Bring It On and Yes Man, well, yeah, both exactly. films yeah. that I love. Yeah. Yeah. Yes <laughs> yeah. Yes Man for sure. <laughs> so, so uh, next up, uh, I'm going to go with. Um, Black Panther let's get into our uh, big budget Marvel what's going on I haven't bought one up yet this is weird (laughs)
0: 2018 the year we all go the other way it's a bit weird (laughs) for me that
1: I've even put this on the list but the reason that I have is because um, it's first of all directed by Ryan Coogler the guy who directed uh, Fruitvale Station which I liked a lot and um, uh, Creed as well of course I I, liked less than Fruitvale Station but I liked um, and given that I haven't watched any of the Rocky films yet (laughs) but we'll do Soon, Paul, after you yes. call me all of them. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, included in the cast is Michael B. Jordan, who, of course, was in Fruitvale Station and was in Creed. Um, then we've got Chadwick Boseman, who's not an actor I know very much about. He
0: was Black Panther um, in. The oh, last so of he's appeared already. Okay. And he was um, James Brown in. I forget the name of the film. Then. And I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Lupita Nyong'o's in this. Um,
1: Martin Freeman, whisper that one. Daniel Kaluuya, <laughs> uh, Angela Bassett, Andy Serkis, Forrest Whitaker. I mean, all kinds of good stuff going on with Black Panther. I've seen the trailer. It looks cool as hell. The soundtrack looks really cool. Um, the revolution
2: will be televised.
1: Yeah, i i just I just have a good feeling about it. I just feel like it might it might chime with me, and it might be one of the sort of rare superhero films that I come out beaming about and really enjoying but we'll see I mean I could be completely wrong
0: And I well they could have just put all the best bits in the trailer I mean they generally do that yeah. my, my concern is and I, I'm, I'm getting I, I am getting more and more tired now of and I've said this before and I'll probably end up saying it again after Black Panther is like they get a good director and then the producer just makes the film Mm -hmm. uh, and the director it means means the director gets a good cast that he's used to working with which is fine but then it ultimately ends up just being another Marvel film so I can see that Michael B. Jordan could be great in this but I've got a horrible feeling and if you look at all the other Marvel films the majority of them do not have good villains so I've got a feeling we're going to get another throwaway villain with another throwaway plot that doesn't really do anything to to the universe because Infinity War was about three months off so I'm not as excited but
1: but it's worth pointing out Paul we were talking off mic that I'm not aware of unless we're forgetting something which could well be the case that this is a, a superhero film directed by a black director which, I think it could be the first, yeah. Yeah, which to right, me yeah. is, is a, a relatively big deal. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm oh, not that knocking that Not knocking that as an
0: achievement. It's no, not about not knocking all, it or not. No. I just
1: think it's a, a significant thing. And anyway, the release date that we've got for the UK is
0: 12th of February 2018. So that's pretty close as well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, around the yeah. corner. Paul,
1: what have we got
0: next? Uh, up next, I've got uh, Sold Soldado... I've ruined that pronunciation. Soldado, uh, also known as Sicario 2. Um, now, it's a sequel, which is to Sicario, which the more I watch and the more I think about, it, the more I love Sicario. Everyone who listens to the show now should know that I'm a huge fan of Denny Villeneuve, uh, the director of the original. He's not back on this, I think he's producing. Uh, but we have got Taylor Sheridan on writing duties again, uh, which is cool. Um, the director is not a director I'm familiar with, Stefano, Stefano Salima, but we've got. Um, What's the guy's name? Josh Brolin back and Benicio Del Toro. Um, So not the full cast back. The trailer looks like it could be very, very good indeed. It looks like another dark action-esque thriller. Um, But the point is Taylor Sheridan's writing again. They seem to have nailed the visual aesthetic again. uh, And I'm very excited um, for this film.
1: Yeah, it does look... Really, really quite good, and I think actually Sicario was the sort of film where I, I liked it quite a bit. I sort of wanted to live in that world a bit longer. Yeah. So now, I suppose we have as strange as that is to say, given that. Well, I, the, I think the kind the kind of pilot. setup
0: that I think the kind of setup now is rather than doing a direct sequel to that story, there's just like okay, so they've brought back Josh Brolin as like this this sort of head headhuncher CIA handler and Benicio del Toro's character who was kind of hinted at being this. Uh, well, he was an absolute bastard in Sicario, but I think it was more hinted as the kind of stuff that he's done before or was capable of doing. And if you look at the way they've set up the trailer uh, it looks like they've just gone to the gloves are off now so Benicia Dottori is going to run rampant as a, as a sort of government sanctioned hitman which I'm, I'm all for yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. I think
1: <laughs> you mentioned the direct pool. by the way uh, Sabura is like his big feature that I've seen streaming and haven't caught up with yet but it's
0: supposed to be pretty okay good, so we'll, we'll see how it goes cool what we got Ooh, Jack?
2: third on my list uh, I'm gonna go with Bumblebee uh which is an origin story about Bumblebee from Transformers. Uh, it's supposed to be set in 1987 um, when he is actually a VW Beetle, which is quite cool. Um, well, it should have been in the first place. Yeah, it should. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm interested to see what they could do with a origin story because we've had so much shit come from the Transformers world that actually it might be quite good to see a direct film Who's about one Transformer I, I don't know I saw a poster for it earlier so and thought, looked, I'm intrigued to see yes, who they've got and, uh, um,
0: I did hear this was coming yeah um,
2: so this could be quite exciting I know that he takes refuge in a small California town um, in a dump somewhere and meets a uh, young lady who is sort of lost and needs some help finding stuff
0: um, herself in fact so yeah uh, very exciting stuff John Cena's in it as well the John wrestler, Cena's John Cena. in it oh, yeah. really? Travis Knight is directing this guys who okay. is an American animator who oh, wow. was the lead animator um, for Likea Entertainment and directed Kubo and the Two Strings? That could be interesting because that was supposed to be really, really good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, okay, kind of me, kind of intrigued then. After I wasn't at all yeah. because of Transformers. <laughs> With the last night, but, yeah, that should be interesting. But again, yeah. let's hope let's hope the producers don't run roughshod over a talented director yes, again. Yeah, but Yes, uh, Pete, what have you got next? So this is the
1: part in the show where I say that we were talking about our disclaimer. This may or may not come out in 2018, and very much could be. <laughs> (laughs) the case with this one also anticipated in sort of a a different sense in that it could go either way. This is the next film film from the completely uncontroversial, friendly, cuddly director, Lars von Trier. <laughs> uh, and it's called The House That Jack Built. It stars, amongst others, uh, Riley Keogh, who seems to be in, like, so many good things that you just have to chart her career to see what film you want to get excited about next. Um, it is an, it's about, uh, from what I know, a highly intelligent serial killer played by Matt Dillon, uh, charted over the course of 12 years, depicting the murders that truly develop Jack, the killer, Um, as a serial killer.
0: Yes. (laughs) The house that Jack built. Jack is... is, Don't question his love of (laughs) Ant-Man.
1: From somewhere in the wilderness, Uma Thurman is also in this film. Um, So it'd be interesting to see her back. Bruno Gantz uh, makes an appearance as a character called Verge. We'll see. Um, I have a a strained relationship at times with Lars von Trier. Um, I think that... The last that we saw of him, obviously, was Nymphomaniac 1 and 2, or the complete film, if you saw it all at one I haven't time. I have watched it yet. So Bless it's your soul. Right. Um, which is at turns fantastic and almost unwatchably bad and terribly written Um, so we'll see uh, Antichrist will stick with you and also Dancer in the Dark is incredible yeah I mean he's he's an interesting film director to say the very least so I'm anticipating it for that reason if nothing else Um, yeah that one is the house that Jack built but as I said it hasn't got a firm UK release date for 2018 but it's 2018.
0: Yes, we'll, we shall see. Yes. We shall see. Um, this one, again, I'm hoping makes 2018. Um, it's down as 2018, which is, anyway, I'm not going to go into more on that. This is uh, The Nightingale, which is the second film from the director of The Babadook, Jennifer Kent. Um, and it's also, there's another film on this list where uh, an, a director that, in, that I like has cast an actor that I don't like. So Sam Clayfin turns up in this, and I'm not a fan. So hopefully he won't mar the film too much. I think the general setup for this is it's set in 1825, Uh, in Tasmania Um, and from what I can glean from IMDB a young convict woman seeking revenge I think for uh, the murder of her mother or the murder of someone in her family Um, escorts a male aborigine through the interior of Australia and gets more than she bargained for so that's pretty much all we know on this at the moment um apart from Sam Claflin I didn't recognise any of the other cast but it's not to say they haven't been anything else Um, but The Babadook was was a superb superb Mm. film Um, and I'd be intrigued to see what Jennifer Kent does next doesn't look like this will take such an overt kind of horror angle although from the sound although we're we're definitely going to be in a dark subject matter i think
1: yeah it's a a cracking Um, pick it was one i wanted to put on my list too um because the babadook was so impressive for such a relatively inexperienced director so yeah do we have a date
0: do you know no i said 2018 but again it's one of those that if 2018 us i mean if you, you look at florida project for example which is one of my biggest bugbears is now did a limited theatrical run in the uk October last year and is now not out till March so yeah, yeah hopefully 2018 but we'll see Jack okay
2: fourth on my list uh, for me I don't know why I put it on the list but uh, it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom now we all just sat down and watched this trailer didn't we <laughs> yeah. I liked uh, it I don't know why we're all hating on this all of us I'll tell you no, why I'm hating on it it's but... quite exciting but you know uh, do they really need to make another one who knows but Jeff Goldblum's back in this one
0: watch- which I think me, Jurassic World is like the third highest grossing film of all time now, or something. It's got it's way up that list. So that'll I, be why they yeah, make another one. it probably <laughs> is. You know, I want a film
2: that sticks in my mind, like the first Jurassic Park film. Um, and yeah, as I said, Jeff Goldblum's returning. Um, the only thing I've seen of him is in a court courtroom talking about the life of dinosaurs and stuff like that. So. Uh, I think that the probably plot, be, that'll probably be him it'll it? probably be, be it, it yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think the plot is generally just a continuation of the previous film everyone's left the island I think and, and Chris Pratt's back. back as Chris, well right yeah and Chris Pratt is back Yeah, uh, Ron Howard's daughter's back and he's, and he's talking to velociraptors like he did in the oh. uh, first Jurassic World but yeah Paul hasn't doesn't really want to
0: see. do you want to see this film Paul I mean as we said it, whether we want to see it or not as irrelevant because we go anyway yeah, um, absolutely. but to be honest my thoughts on this are I just I thought with getting J.A. Bioner on board who uh, last last directed of Monsters Call um, was was and that was fantastic. Um, I thought we might get like a more scaled-down sort of dinosaur esque horror film, and that's what I'd be quite interested in seeing. It's just like a smaller scale thing, rather than just a big volcano, loads of CGI dinosaurs. Because the CGI dinosaurs even in the trailer for me still don't look as good as the model dinosaurs in the first Jurassic Park. Um, I just and also there's no no, I'm not that excited about this. I want I wanted a smaller scale like. Jurassic horror film, really. Um, and I'm that's not like, what man. we're going to get. I'm excited.
1: J.A. <laughs> yeah. a. Biona, this massive property, a load of actors who've kind of done this thing already and are going to yeah. try and do, like, improve on what they did before, and some fun popcorn fun in the cinema. I think I'm changing, honestly. I think that the, <laughs> greatest, the greatest showman has <laughs> yeah, yeah. changed me. I just think, unless, unless it's made from an entirely wrong headed perspective or is just sort of studio fodder, which it may be in the end, I think. Think there's just enough to get excited about, and maybe we can just have a really good time.
0: Yeah. But we'll see. I hope so. We'll good. see. I mean, I hope so too. Don't get me wrong. I don't want it to be bad. I'm not willing it, I'm not, no, willing, no, it, I'm not, not. <laughs> willing it to fail. I'd like it to be good. I love Jeff Goldblum, I love Jurassic Park I love Jay Burring. So don't get me wrong, I'm not I don't want it to be bad, I'm just not convinced. Uh Pete, what have you got next? So, number four for me in no particular order
1: is uh one that I've seen the trailer for quite recently in the cinema a couple of times. I'm uh, really excited. It's Isle of Dogs from director Wes Anderson. Now the thing about Wes Anderson is I was really in with stuff like Bottle Rocket earlier on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I went away a little bit from stuff like Royal Tenenbaums that I don't love. Then I sort of came back round to uh, Wes Anderson and I really liked uh, Grand Budapest Hotel yeah. and I liked Moon- Moonrise Kingdom. Um, but for me, the reason I'm so excited about this is from one film, one film only, and that is The Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I caught up with very late and reviewed in the popcorn section of this show. And I just loved it. I loved the animation style, I love the humour, I love the writing it felt like absolute peak Wes Anderson to me I, and Isle of Dogs feels very much in that ilk, Paul you were going to say something. I did,
0: hear, I did read an interview with the animator from the Fantastic Mr Fox and I got the impression from the interview that Wes Anderson directed most of that over the phone oh, Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? <Wow. laughs> yeah. Genuinely, yeah. I, did, I did read and I can't remember where the interview was, I, I genuinely read somewhere that a lot of it was done over the phone which makes me think should Wes Anderson have actually got the credit he got but anyway but, but it's his vision though yes. isn't it it's yes. his
1: vision I mean the guy is he's a strange guy let's Very be honest much so, he's yeah. a strange fairly reclusive as I understand it guy but he has this unique vision that I don't think any other film whether you like it or, or don't um, you know that it's Wes Anderson as yes. soon as you see whether it's live action or animation or stop motion or whatever you know that it's Wes Anderson and in this I mean how about the, the voice talent we've got Scarlett Johansson Greta Gerwig Bill Murray Tilda Swinton Francis McDormand Bryan Cranston Edward Norton Jeff Goldblum Liev Schreiber and on and on and on so all kinds of people it's want to work with it's the incredible guy incredible and we've got a load of dogs on an island and we've got sort of Japanese uh, stylized the trailer's uh, out now, iconography it? the trailer I mean, does
0: look very cool yeah.
1: It, yeah really excited this one comes out in the UK on the 30th of March so again not too long to wait just a couple of months and we'll probably and hopefully have a preview screening before that so that we can get a review out before the 30th of March we shall see we Paul, shall what have see. you got number 5
0: uh, I've got uh, number 4 for me isn't it yeah yeah, number four. Number oh, four for yeah. me. Yeah, because yeah, right? yeah, Jack started. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got under the silver lake. Uh, which is the next film from the director of it follows David Robert David Robert Mitchell. Right. Um and again it's a director I like casting, an actor I don't, in this case, Andrew Garfield's in the lead role. Oh I like him alright. <laughs> he's
1: alright. Have you seen ninety nine homes? Should see uh, that. No, that's no. that's
0: my favourite of his. Um no I suppose he's he's fine in You've got you've got
1: um stuff, but... silence too close to the front of I your have, mind, yeah. I reckon. Get that out no, watch that out. I didn't somehow. enjoy
0: him in Hacksaw Ridge at all, with you know, Jack was saying earlier that he, yeah, I just I found him Yeah, I haven't seen it found yet, him so, quite yeah. I found him annoying in Hacksaw Ridge. But anyway, Mitchell it's a neo-noir crime, crime thriller um, and yeah that's what's more what oh and Riley Keo is in it so what more is there to be excited about boom there we go nice. yeah
2: pretty cool and, um, and
1: you hear I've heard occasionally people trying to bad mouth it follows they're just wrong like yeah. it's fantastic it's fantastic <laughs> yeah. so if you haven't seen that check it out as well because that's streaming at the moment too it follows
0: it worked better in the cinema than it does at home I'll give it—I'll give them that much but it's still an incredible film it's very very good so yeah that's what's more to be excited about than director of it follows with that cast So, did you yeah. say a date for that one uh, 2018 again I've <laughs> 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 yeah I 2018 to think, yeah It'll be a limited, I'm, I imagine it'll be a limited theatrical release, but we shall see.
2: So yeah, uh, my last anticipated film for 2018 uh, is called Alpha. Now this is a film that I've seen trailers for briefly, I must have been quite... Did it trailer
0: in front of Star Wars? I think it did, it didn't it? It possibly did, yeah. yeah.
2: So this is described as sort of an epic adventure in the last Ice Age, so probably like 20 thousand years ago which for me is quite a cool area to sort of explore in a (laughs) film no pun intended yeah quite a Uh, cool area (laughs) hey um so from what i take from this it's about a young injured sort of tribesman um who goes off on sort of an adventure across the wilderness and sort of gets injured uh and he meets a lone wolf who has been departed from his pack um, and they sort of make this really nice bond together and then they sort of navigate this harsh uh, wilderness to sort of find their way home. Cody Smith,
0: Smith McPhee, who was in the road, uh, Slow it? West. and the road, was
2: it, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, you yeah. Might, yeah I think you were Oh, the, chi- the child in the child. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah.
2: That's pretty cool. So, yeah, that's uh, my last anticipated film 2018. Who's directing this
0: as you've got
1: that uh, uh, up in this front of you? This is directed by a man called Albert Hughes. We should get some kind of info about this character. Um, so, he is the director of The Book of
2: Eli. Oh. Uh, <laughs>
0: at- <laughs> Off the
1: list. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: exec producer on From Hell. Oh, he's, one of the, the, yeah. yes.
0: he's we- one of the Hughes brothers, isn't he, from... Um,
2: I think Albert and Alan Hughes began making movies at twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was just to do with the, you know, what's going to happen in this
0: film. It's quite yeah, no, it's intriguing. Yeah, it does. No, the the trailer, the trailer does look. uh, The trailer looks pretty cool visually. It looks yeah, definitely uh, visually it looks very cool as well. And in fact, visually, the Book of Eli was great. Just had a number of other problems. Yeah, yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Pete, what's your uh, fifth and final pick? So this one is uh, IMDB called. there's been it. no documentaries yet Jeff I know sure. No, oh, I've, oh. I left them out you guys <laughs>
1: like, I had to, to limit myself because otherwise this would go on forever this episode. <laughs> fifth and finally for me um, it might be a bit of a controversial choice but I'm going for a film that is on IMDB anyway titled Cloverfield Movie Elsewhere The God Particle um, and the reason I'm excited about this or the reasons I'm excited about this directed by uh, a black director again the third out of five on this list just coincidentally Julius Honor but also coincidentally starring um, Gugu and Batha Raw, as I told you guys and the rest of the world is going to be the breakout star of 2018 also in this one Daniel Brühl an actor who I like quite a lot Elizabeth Debicki um, Chris O'Dowd Ji Zhang that everybody knows from House of Flying Daggers and Hero and all those kinds of things um, and Here's a synopsis that will give you an idea of why, even though some people sort of uh, recoil from the Cloverfield franchise at this (laughs) point, uh, I'm excited anyway. After a scientific experiment aboard the space station involving a particle accelerator as unexpected results, the astronauts find themselves isolated. Following their horrible discovery, the space station crew must fight for survival. That sounds so far up my street, it may as well have moved in next door. Paul, are you looking at me with a little bit of trepidation? There isn't, yes, because
0: because they took what was a great film up until the end, which was Ten Cloverfield Lane, and then just shoehorned this awful alien invasion bollocks into it. Yeah, Um, which I didn't. I enjoyed the film a lot up to that point, and I thought it was great. And I just, I've got a horrible feeling that they might do the same with this. Although I think, did you did you mention at some point that that? Was well, a film called The Seller or something? Did yeah,
1: you? as I understand it, and this this may or may not be entirely accurate. Um, the the film Ten Cloverfield Lane originally was the, had the working title The Seller and was going to be a sort of self uh, a standalone film, um, which I'm kind of with you may have been better. However, if having to tack on that Cloverfield stuff to get it under this umbrella and sort of Trojan horse it into the cinema on a wider release is what is needed, maybe it's a bit depressing. But I'm glad that that film got to be seen because I think it's actually a really... They could just release re- it
0: on Blu-ray like the non-Cloverfield version. That would be amazing. Or I just, maybe i just press stop on it just before that bit yeah. happens. It'd be yeah. cool if
1: we had an alternative ending yeah. on the Blu-ray and yeah. it's yeah. just contained there <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, this one, um, as I mentioned, was titled, or maybe still is titled, The God Particle. But it's certainly going to come out being called like Cloverfield something or having some tie-in to that for the built-in audience that that brings. However with the cast involved and an interesting director and that premise with well, sci-fi I'm, I'm
0: in I'm in from sci-fi the man sci-fi and alone, space
1: yeah. like so I've got two on this list but movies that, that with uh, a wrinkle in time as well that connect with space I'm just um, yeah oh, I'm going to have to watch um uh my uh, Sandra Bullock film gravity again uh, at some point so your sandra bullock film I like my sandra, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway yeah so that one it comes out according to the imdb in the uk on the 9th of february this year so with any luck that will actually be true and i think kind of cloverfield films they sort of throw them out they do just, they, they do there, just they do just appear out
0: of nowhere i'm pretty sure the first cloverfield just almost almost just appeared in cinemas with i think i think there was a trailer and then a month or i'm sure someone out there will correct us but within a couple of months the film was yeah. well, they, and they don't even the really do so, trailers, they
1: do like this kind of teaser yeah. things, which I, I like those. I wish more films would do that. It's very Abrams thing, isn't it? Right? Because he did the yeah. same thing for
0: Super Eight. Didn't Absolutely, very did. Yeah. About Super 8, and then that just that just dropped. So yeah. So I'm yeah. keen. Yeah, keen. What you got? The Predator. Okay. Oh yeah. So this is uh, this is Shane Black uh, directing, who I think is a very talented director, and also starred in the original Predator um, in a small role as one of the uh, the special forces team. We reviewed it this um, year. didn't we? We I mean, did yes. last year, sorry, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, so no, I'm very excited about this. He's decided, I think that by calling it the Predator, it makes me think he's bringing it back to a single um, a single creature, which I think is a great idea. And listen to the cast he's assembled here. We've got Boyd Holbrook, who was. Awesome in Logan and fantastic in Narcos. Uh, Thomas Jane's in this. Edward jane Olmos is in this. Jacob Tremblay is probably going to get a pop at the Predator at some point.
1: Apparently, pronounced Tremblay. Tremblay. Jacob yeah.
0: Tremblay. We did discuss this. I think in another episode. Uh, Edward James Olmos, who I love in Battlestar Galactica and appears briefly in the original Blade Runner as well. Mister um, face himself. Um, Keegan Michael Key's in this as well. Olivia <laughs> um, Olivia Munn's, Olivia in, Munn's in, this. in this. Yeah, the cast I think is it's sort of all up and coming people. But Lloyd Holbrook I think excites me the most I think he's a very very good actor his villainous role in Logan I think was one of the highlights of the uh, highlights of of a very good film anyway Um, but yeah I think if if, if this succeeds and I think I think it will I think this will bring back some fear to the Predator which you know, um, if you think the last time the predator was on screen, it was in the oh, God of All Alien versus Predator films, and you know, you need to bring some fear back to the creature. Um, did we
1: have predators, or is that?
0: I think that might have been. Is that? Oh yeah, that might have been after with Alien Adrian Brody's predator. nose. That was. Yeah,
1: that was okay, but it was weird. It felt yeah. like underfunded that film
0: a bit. It did, yeah. So I, I don't think it. I don't think it delivered on the promise, to be fair. So I'm hopeful with Shane Black, obviously being a, a definitely talented director, um, and having been a part of the original film. I think this will be rather good indeed. So release date: 2018, third of August. Thank you. 2018 in the UK, anyway. We send UK release dates for a UK. Well, if, that, if there's any film on this list that will make that release date, it's that one. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this week, isn't it? Has anyone yes. else got anything they, they want to throw into the mix? Peter I documentary, mean, perhaps? No, maybe? I'm
1: not going to do it because otherwise I wouldn't stop. I mean, there are tons of others. Obviously, we've missed out films that we would like to have on our list,
0: and we've also deliberately eschewed films that we've already talked about at the back end of last year. So, Annihilation hasn't made the list, and a couple of others. So that's but that's deliberate.
1: Yeah, so, but hopefully, yeah. we've given you a taste of some of the things from different parts of the sort of filmmaking world that you could be, you know, getting excited for over the the coming months. And with most of them having solid release dates I think we should be confident that from the 15 you know the vast majority yeah. will be out this year uh, yeah that just about wraps us yep. up for this so evening. yeah
0: just come and find us if you can on strangersincinema.co.uk. oh yeah that's out there now um, strangers in a cinema on Instagram and at strangers cinema on Twitter but that's about it for this week so we'll catch up with you next week see ya shut up,
1: shut up, shut up and, sit and sit down, down. down. <laughs>